Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong with you? going on everyone and welcome to the reformatory the podcast for the local church by the local church the hottest podcast out there the hottest pod with the hottest intro with the hottest hosts <laughs> that did not go that did not go as planned, know, sir. i didn't even know where i was going i was <laughs> Oh, oh man. man. Um how's it going? What's going on everybody? Man. Welcome welcome to the show. Welcome welcome to yes. the uh welcome to the freak show today. <laughs> yeah. Jack, uh it's good to see you my man. You got your you got your Spurgeon's like Spurgeon smoking club oh, yeah. hat on. Dude, I yep. need Do they have those you need anymore? The patch. No, I have a patch that I could probably give you. No, dude, you, like you said you were going to give it to me for my birthday and you never did. Oh, Remember? Well, I can give you. I can give you the. You patch. owe me the I, patch. I do. I, I still <laughs> you do owe, owe me patches. a patch. I want to yes, put that I on a hat, man. It's nice. Yeah, it's very it's a nice, nice hat. That's a nice hat. You could definitely, you could definitely, basically stitch it on. Okay. A baseball cap, and it it's a nice little accessory. I'm gonna have. So. To, I'm gonna have to make that happen. Yeah. Jack, how, how are you, dude? It's it's I'm, good to see you. I'm wheeling and dealing, baby. Look at you. Wheeling and that's dealing. that's how you roll. Yeah, I guess. that's exactly right. <laughs> Make a play, making deals, dude. I am, I am, uh, I'm tired. I feel like I say that every time we record, but I think I'm getting sick. I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, gotta, I'm getting like the, I'm getting like the, like the beginning stages of my body being like, oh, you ready for this? Oh, here it comes. All right. Better start sipping on that elderberry, dude. dude. I, yeah, I'm preaching this Sunday too, man. I got a I got a pulpit fill, so I gotta get either get I either gotta get this and get over it real quick, or this is just gotta <laughs> wait its turn until Sunday afternoon when I'm done up there in the pulpit. Yeah, right? 
Um, yeah. But yeah, dude, I am I'm zonked. Dude, okay, so what's with everyone? Okay, so at the time we're recording <laughs> this, right, there's a big event going on in Reformedom right now. It's mm-hmm. this little tiny conference called Together for the Gospel. Uh-huh. Right? T4G22, hashtag. And everyone and oh, their man. brother seems to be there. I'm yeah. not there. Y- I'm you're not there. Not there. <laughs> everyone else is there. Thousands of other people are everyone. There. <laughs> everyone that's anyone seems to be there, and it's all, that is all my Facebook and Twitter has been is just posts of T4G, yep. and it's really just like singing. It's people recording people singing and posting, which is fine. I mean, I mean, I, I yeah, enjoy. That's not I bad. enjoy hearing that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Why aren't we there? I guess that's the question. We, we, I, I don't know if we. I feel like we're kind of on the outside. <laughs> yeah, you know? we are. I feel like we want to be on the outside, though. <laughs> that might be true. That might be true. I don't know if that. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I guess it depends on what it is. I mean, I, I get it why people went, but I also am like. I mean, I could just download all of those conversations and talks, you know, in the next like month when they come out for free. I guess so. that's true. That is true. You, you yeah. know, you know something that I, uh, you know, something that I actually am, that I actually enjoy being on the outside of the cage stage. Yeah, that's true. Hey, <laughs> hey there you how go. You like baby. that? There you, you like go. that segue. Yeah, I'm like, where's Josh you going like with that this? Intro? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Dude, yes, best sir. in the business, even when sick. Can't touch this. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Okay, so something Jack and I wanted to talk about today, and this actually this actually harkens back to the early, early, early days of the reformatory. Back when yeah. we had a massive like emphasis on fleeing the cage, is what oh, we yeah. called it, right? It was yeah, I remember. You that. Remember that? I remember those days of Daniel. Yeah, that's history. right, man. Yep. So we had a massive en- uh, uh, emphasis back in the podcast of helping new Calvinists, right? Mm-hmm. Who you know Christians who have recently. Or for some, not recently, uh, come into the understanding of reform theology, uh, Calvinism, right, confessionalism, things of that sort, um, and something that often happens—not always, but something that often happens when a Christian is introduced to the doctrines of grace, right? This is Calvinism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They can often take on a certain vibe or persona in that when they come to understand the doctrine of, say, um, election or mm-hmm. you know, our uh, limited atonement, right? Total depravity. They get very excited about the new doctrines that the Lord is opening their eyes to, right? And and yep. and understandably, it is a very exciting thing. And it's very cool. Like I can remember back to when, you know, the Lord was opening my eyes to it and it was it was new, it was exciting. Like I really feel like I'm coming into a, a greater understanding of who God is, who I am and and how 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 deep scripture is, right? And all those things are true. Praise the Lord for those things, right? Yeah. But often it does not stay simply at this feeling of joy and excitement for the things that the Lord is teaching you, right? Mm-hmm. Very quickly, and more often than not, those feelings trans 
translate or I'll say I'll say evolve into a mentality of superiority and yeah. what we would call cage stagery. Right? <laughs> what we mean by yes, the sir. cage stage when it comes to Calvinism or reform theology just as a whole is someone who embraces these truths as true, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. have most likely recently come into them and is now because of the zeal that they have for the truth, right? They are now preaching Calvinism as if it is the gospel itself, mm-hmm. hitting people over the head with it, being mm-hmm. a complete and total jerk, right? <laughs> and looking on individuals that are Christians that do not mm-hmm. believe in Calvinism or Reformed theology. And they see them as somehow less than or people yeah. who have not arrived, right? And they yeah. begin to treat them as such, almost Christian, you know, second-class citizens because yeah. you haven't come into this deeper understanding of who God is where I am. Therefore, you're not as far along in your sanctification as I am, right? Yeah. And yeah. this feeling of superiority starts to form, pride takes hold, and you start swinging the theology that you have just learned like a sword and doing some real damage right so we call that the cage stage right because because you got to put these guys in a cage right yep uh frothing at the mouth frothing at the mouth they are they are they are theologically rabid and like (laughs) you got to put them in a cages and tell them to simmer down right you got to you got to get over this um, and you got to calm down a little bit and understand how to actually interact with Christians that disagree with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The cage stage is just uh, just propagated even even more so by social media, right? Where mm-hmm. we can post quick hot takes of who's a heretic here, who's a heretic here, you know, and 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 it doesn't require us to actually do the relational work beforehand to actually have a productive conversation where at the end like we're we're mutually benefited by hearing mm-hmm. each other speak right social media is just you say whatever you want and you know to heck with the consequences because there are no consequences right i can be as rude or mean as i want to behind this keyboard um and i'm doing it all i'm doing it all for god Right. Mm-hmm. So this is what we mean by the cage stage. We all know individuals who either are currently in or have been in. And mm-hmm. something I talked about a lot at the be you know, like in the early days of this podcast, I was one of those guys too. I, I went oh, through yeah. a very hard, oh, yeah. very bad cage stage. And uh, something that I said back then, and I'll say again here, a lot of relationships damaged and ruined because of mm-hmm. my arrogance and my pride and how I handled uh, this new doctrine that I had come into understanding of, right? Yeah. I've got a lot of regrets of in, in in regards to how I lived my life and the choices that I made and the things that I said to individuals that were very loving Christians that I just saw as less than people. They didn't care about theology. They didn't care about God. They didn't care about holiness or sanctification because if they did, obviously they would be Calvinists, <laughs> right? So obviously there's a lot of flaws with that, with that thing. But what Jack and I want to talk about is how we as reformed folk 
can do a better job at being patient with our fellow brothers and sisters who are coming into an understanding of reform theology. And so we want to, we just kind of want to give some encouragement to those that are currently that, that, that do believe in reform theology. Right. Um, and, yeah. and we want to, we just want to add some, maybe some personal experience, some warning, some encouragement on just, uh, how to avoid the cage stage ourselves. because here's the thing about the cage stage and then I'll throw it over to you, Jack. Mm-hmm. The cage stage is something you can climb back into. Oh yes, and you Absolutely. and you got to be careful that like <laughs> that 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 door swings both ways. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes, and you, you got to be careful just because you might have been out of the real bad part. Uh, <laughs> you can slip back in. Yeah, right. Because there's chambers. To there the are chambers. <laughs> a labyrinth. Right. So I'm gonna throw it over to you, Jack. Um, why don't let yeah let, let's start just uh, start hmm. giving some 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 thoughts, some warnings, some encouragements when you think about how we as Christians can be more patient with our brothers and sisters that are coming into the knowledge of Reformed theology. Yeah, I think uh, to a certain degree as well, um, you have so much that has changed from the times that we were recording back when the Reformatory first started to now. Mm. Um, There's so many things that have changed, I think culturally dynamic and everything along those lines. I think that um, to a certain degree, there's a certain group of folks who have a reformed theology that then merges with kind of like a culture warrior kind of theology as well, too, where I have to be on on the um, kind of on the march against culture and universalism and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I guess there's stuff like that that tries to embody people to be like this, I got to fight against the culture thing. Right. Um, and so that has kind of come across the landscape as well too. And so, man, really the biggest thing is like, <laughs> I, part of it is like, do I really want to pick a battle and possibly alienate people with a hot take or do I want to just like say like, oh, yeah, that you know, whoever's doing a certain theological thing, blah blah blah, yeah, that's kind of weird, and kind of like scroll past it. Mm. I don't know. It's like kind of how you spend your time on <laughs> on the internet, I guess, is one part of it, and then part of it too is like how you talked about perception, how people perceive you. If you are a man and you want to possibly be in eldership one day i would say that the stuff that you do now online will be looked at as possibly you being an elder candidate are you uh self-controlled are you disciplined not only with your tongue but with your thumbs as well too online um all these things come into play in that arena because there are some people that I would say, who, uh, they're pastors and they don't act like that online. <laughs> um, so I think that's very difficult uh, to kind of balance too if you are trying to go into ministry. But then as well too, uh, how are you proclaiming the gospel in this kind of, you know, sword, 
you know, cutting people down by the sword of Calvinism versus actually explaining the gospel um, and proclaiming the gospel through your your words and also your actions as well, too, because people are going to look at that. So I, I think that those things are important when we talk about the cage stage and when people get so zealous, I think the biggest thing to go back on is you're not converting people to Calvinism. Mm. You are trying to proclaim the gospel. And I think some people start to merge the gospel and Calvinism together, which I would not do. I would say that Calvinism kind of explains the gospel in a sense. And that's a very important distinction. So, right. So um, you need to proclaim the gospel first and then maybe do some even kind of explanation through your theological uh, kind of concepts and understanding. But I mean, you have to proclaim the gospel. And the biggest thing too, that I see is that, you know, and we're just coming off of the, we're now in the kind of Pentecost season. I wouldn't say the Pentecost season, but we're in the, the season in which Jesus has now come to earth and is with us back in the day. And about another, you know, 44, 46-ish days, you're going to have Pentecost where he rises and ascends to the right hand of the Father. But, I mean, if you think about this, (laughs) you have to explain the person work of Jesus before you even try to explain any kind of theology or any kind of gospel warriorism against people. And... That gospel is a gospel of our king who came down. We receive. We don't We don't offer him anything. We receive him. Um, he's the ally to the enemies. He's the defender of the defenseless. He's the friend of sinners. If people don't hear that first and all they hear is you taking up your theological sword and trying to strike down people, you're not going to win. <laughs> you're not right. really going to proclaim the gospel in that. You're just going to um you're just going to alienate people um further from what the truth is versus you proclaim the gospel first and then you use the doctrines of grace to explain details of that gospel as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I so. think as as you're as you're doing that, right? Whether it be a friend or a family member or a spouse or something like that, it, it is important to understand and, and to remember this because this what I'm about to say gives the framework and the correct understanding of how we're supposed to interact with individuals who haven't come to an understanding of reformed theology yet. Right? Mm-hmm. You need to understand that spiritual truths are spiritually discerned. And the only way, the only way that you came to an understanding of Reformed theology was through the grace and the work of the Holy Spirit, revealing Mm -hmm. it to you through God's word, right? And through the teachings of other people, right? Right. Whoever, whoever that is for you. You are not going to convince somebody of the doctrines of grace Mm -hmm. by hitting them over the head with it. Yeah. Or getting mad at them for not understanding. Or bludgeoning people with Yeah, exactly. It. It's just not going to happen, right? Because that's not how it works, 
right? Yeah. Just like we would. Okay, so when it comes to apologetics, I'm a big fan of presuppositional apologetics, right? I I just I just am. I am a fan of like I and 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 I'm not against evidences or anything like that. I think they have their place. I think they can be very useful. But we need a fundamental understanding when we are witnessing to the unsaved that nothing I present to them is going to do any good unless the spirit uses it and opens their Mm -hmm. eyes, right? It's the same with doctrine, Mm -hmm. right? The spirit is the one that does the work. The spirit is the one that opens the eyes. The spirit is the one that, that, that does the work in the individual's life to open their eyes to the glorious truth of who God is. And sometimes that's a lifetime of learning, right? So we need to understand that when we are interacting with these individuals, our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And remember that. They're your brother and sister in Christ, right? Something that we would say often in the early days, and I'll say it again, we got some we got some flack for it, but you don't have to be a Calvinist to be a Christian. Yeah. Right? You don't have yeah. to believe in the doctrines of grace in order to go to heaven. Now, do I want people to understand Calvinism and, and, and the doctrines of grace? Yeah. Of course I do. It's it's it make it 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 opens the eyes to even how more glorious God is, right? But it's not necessary to be saved, right? Yeah. We need to understand that. So when interacting with our brothers and sisters in Christ who aren't reformed and who are interested in it or or coming to an understanding or wanting to explore, like, you know, what is this reformed theology you're talking about? Don't turn them away from it by being a jerk, yeah (laughs) don't it's not don't do it right and understand that if god wants this person to be reformed they're going to be reformed yeah right and if they're not reformed at this moment it's because god in his sovereignty has foreordained that they should not be reformed at this moment in their life Mm -hmm. right yeah now we need to be very very clear on that because so many people take it as almost a personal offense if somebody rejects the reformed theology that they were just taught, right? It's like I just laid yeah. it out for you in scripture and you say you don't get it. What is wrong with you? Right? There's nothing wrong with them <laughs> per se. Yeah. Now, granted, there are individuals that reject reformed theology and do so out of hatred. Right, sure. Because they have an incorrect view most of the time of what Reformed theology is, or they have too high a view of themselves. These individuals exist, of course yeah. they do, right? And yeah. that's a work that the Spirit needs to do in their heart, absolutely. Yeah, but that's not all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Some people just the Spirit hasn't opened the eyes to the truth of that specific theological concept, right? Mm-hmm. We need yeah. to remember that. And we need to have yeah. grace with our brothers and sisters. And remember, remember how those truths were given to you, right? God opened your eyes to them, right? Yeah. And and it's, it's going to be the same for your brothers and sisters. So just keep that in mind as you are, as you are, um, explaining these truths to them, right? Yeah. There's one uh, instance right now that uh, my local church is about to do, which is, it's, I don't know if it's an evangelistic outreach. I don't know what I would categorize it as, but one of our deacons who does, who is basically the deacon of missions and missions work and local missions and missions abroad, he works with a, um, a nonprofit that connects people cross-culturally 
uh, and tries to share the gospel with them. And so what our local church is doing is an iftar meal, which is basically going to invite Muslims who are celebrating Ramadan to our church to partake in a meal that they'll eat at the church building. And really what that's doing is it's it's known that most Muslims, when they hear the gospel, it's going to take them about roughly five to ten years for them to digest that and maybe even become Christians after that. So it's really a long game. Why I'm saying that is because sometimes when you become... Uh, when you become reformed in your theology, sometimes it's a long it's a long game with a lot of people. Sure, sure, yeah, right. Sometimes it's a long game that we're gonna do this. We're gonna have this meal, and we're gonna we're gonna talk. I mean, what Muslim people love is talking about religion and politics, and <laughs> we'll probably do that sure. at this meal. And it's not and it's and it's not a bait and switch either. Like they're coming to a church. Like we're gonna talk about Jesus with them. Um, but they're also getting a meal, which they fasted all day for. And so this will be an interesting kind of way into kind of building friendships in that long game. Sometimes as a reformed believer, you're going to be doing that. You're going to be in it for the long game with some Christians and you just have to be okay with it. Like for Muslims, it's really just having and making sure they understand the gospel that I'm in the long game with them for that. You, as the Reformed believer, you're probably going to be in the long game with some of your friends because they are maybe confessing believers, but are just, they're they're nowhere to be understood as far as the doctrines and understanding of not only the historic church, but then even the Reformed confessions as well, too. So sometimes it's a long game and you got to be okay with that. Like you got to be okay with having conversations over a period of time and just saying, yeah, I'm going to leave that where it's at and you know, whatever comes of it, comes of it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think it, it really is, it, it really is going back to having, ha- having the desire for someone to come into reform theology is a good desire. I don't want to mm-hmm. bash that at all. Right. I think it's a great thing. I love when I see friends come into a deeper understanding of God's glory and his holiness and how, how even sweeter the gospel is, which is what Reformed theology does, right? Yeah. Um, but I think back to my life, and I see a process, right? Like I was, <laughs> I was dispensational for so long, right? And then mm-hmm. came into Calvinism, right? Through John MacArthur, right? And then through that process, started listening to R.C. Sproul, right? And then just kind of grew an even greater appreciation for theology. And then I didn't, I was a Calvinist. I was a dispensational Calvinist for years, years. And I thought that's what reformed being reformed was. Yeah. Right. And then the Lord brought into my path, a very kind and faithful Presbyterian pastor. And he was Presby, right? Which is where like, I got my soft spot (laughs) for my Presby's baby. Like I, like I got to shout out my Presby's. Right. Uh, who introduced me to covenantal theology and confessionalism, right? And that was a process. That was a couple of years of me coming to an understanding of what 
covenantal theology means and then why confessionalism is important, right? Because I'll be completely honest, I came to a, a, a kind of a better understanding of covenantal theology before I came into confessionalism because the vast yeah. majority of interactions I had with guys that were confessional were not good. Yeah. Not good at all, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, in fact, I don't even, this is just coming my... I think it was in some of those conversations, and I'm not saying it was you, but but that's where you and I first met. Uh-huh. As I think we met in the pub, didn't we? Yeah, I, I think you said that too, because I remember going to because I remember having a, conversations about covet about confessionalism with you, yeah, and coming away like I just don't get it. I I, yeah. I, I don't understand what he's saying. Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't. I mean, I had become. I would say I'd become understanding to the knowledge of the doctrines of grace and even kind of, um, I would say, 1689 federalism. Yeah. Right around 2016-ish. So, yeah. I mean, I had been a Christian for a long time. But yeah, I of really, course. Uh, had not started to exercise those muscles for a while, and I just got now the army. And so I would say 2015, 2016-ish is when I started to really look into Reformed theology. And surprisingly, that is when Jimmy and Joe started Started talking to you. Yeah. And it was the worst quality (laughs) podcast on YouTube. I'm I'm sorry. Yo, that (laughs) some of those episodes, those were rough times, bros. Those were rough episodes, but I will say this: they brought a a broader understanding of what it means to be a um, a particular Baptist in that sense. Which yeah. I was like, yes, I would say that I'm that. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and and I guess I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? Yeah. Full f- full disclosure. I love. I mean, Jack and I are friends with Jimmy and Joe. They're great dudes. Like all all kidding aside, like the Lord used Doc and Devo to help me too. Right, yeah. and it gave me it gave me a taste of 1689ers that I had not yet experienced. Yeah, right, because I was absolutely. like, okay, not all of them are raging jerks, right? Yeah, and plus too, like I remember, especially that one conference that we met at. Um, I just remember guys that I knew that had like platforms, but they didn't really take themselves that serious. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, because you and I met at a Doc and Devo conference. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, dude, Doc and Diva's been good to us, baby. They really, yeah. ha- they really have, they really have, man. <laughs> as they much shade as they throw they us, the gift of Pat. I'm oh man, that. oh man, dude, I got Pat. Yeah, as much shade as they throw us and we throw them, Doc and Diva's been. I, I, I love those guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. but, but so, so, my point is, from when I first came to an understanding of Calvinism, right, which is like baseline reform theology it's kind of Mm -hmm. the gateway drug right to when i embraced 1689 you know particular being a particular baptist it was a good 10 years man Mm, you know and 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 we need to remember that right it was probably it was probably over 10 years because i started learning about calvinism when i was like 12 or 13 and yeah like it was it was over 10 years so Mm -hmm. But through that is those faithful interactions that the Lord does and that the spirit was continuing to work on me. Right. And it wasn't just this, this like, this like big bang moment where boom, now I understand everything. Right. It was a yeah. process. Yeah. And, and I'm so, and it, there, there were bumps, ran into individuals that 
definitely turned me off, right? For sure. But the Lord was faithful to bring those individuals along that were kind and gentle, not quarrelsome, and showed me in scripture the glory of Reformed theology, right? And and we we need to be that for our brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. There's enough there's enough clanging symbols out there, right? Like it, it is, it's important that we understand. Okay. First, uh, first Timothy, right? No, excuse me. Second Timothy, second Timothy chapter two, right? Talking about a worker approved by God. Mm -hmm. This is what we need to be as Christians Mm -hmm. to our brothers and sisters and to the world around us. Right. Starting Mm -hmm. in verse 14. Paul says to Timothy, he says, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which do no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, right? That takes theology. You need to understand the word of God. Paul isn't discounting theology here. He's just saying you need to know how to use it, right? Um, but avoid irreverent babble for it'll lead people into more and more ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene, right? And then we're going to skip down to verse um, 22, right? So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but mm-hmm. take note myself mm-hmm. and everyone listening right verse 24 yeah the yeah. lord's servant must not be quarrelsome but kind to everyone able to teach mm-hmm. patiently enduring evil yes correcting yes. his opponents with mm-hmm. gentleness mm-hmm. with gentleness yeah. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Right? So obviously, Paul is talking about witnessing to unbelievers here. This is the context, right? But the rules that Paul, the rules of engagement that Paul lays out for the soldier of God are not checked at the door when dealing with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If yeah. anything, they should be even more paramount in our lives because mm-hmm. we are dealing and interacting with individuals that have been purchased by the same blood that we have been, right? Yes. We need this verse as reformed folk tattooed on our eyeballs. The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Yeah. When you are Absolutely. interacting with brothers and sisters who are coming into Reformed theology and might believe some wonky things about free will or God's sovereignty or election or predestination or limited atonement and all of the things that you once thought wonky on, be patient. Mm-hmm. Be gentle. See them as a brother and sister in Christ and understand that the Lord will use your faithful efforts to show them in the, in, in the scriptures, right? The glories of reformed theology, if that be his will, right? Yeah. If that be his will. So that's our encouragement to you guys. We really like 
pray and hope that this just kind of gives a reminder of one how you came into reformed theology yourself right yeah reminder that and we say this a lot but it bears repeating they're called the doctrines of grace for a reason oh yeah baby right yes sir and two, how then you should go and act toward your brothers and sisters who are on the mm-hmm. same journey that you were, right? That's important. It's important to remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, those are very key and tangible things that um, that are just needed. I mean, you need to understand and maybe take a step back sometimes to when you're about ready to just blast somebody online or shoot out something to mm-hmm. say, this ain't no gospel. Mm-hmm. This ain't solid theology. Mm-hmm. Just just take a tactical, what we call it, a little, a little take a knee. Have a little sip of water, we said <laughs> in the Army. Knee. Yeah, have a, <laughs> take have a, a knee. Have a sip of have water. Have a little sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> Think about what you're about to do right there, okay? <laughs> I love that. Take a sip so, of water. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's exact, dude, yes. When you start feeling that cage stage door open up, take a sip of water. <laughs> take a knee. Take a sip of water. Um, so, yeah, we used to say that because you need to have a little pause right there yeah. and just think about what you're about to say because it could, A, not be a good witness to people around you mm. and alienate them. B, you're not winning anybody over to the doctrines of grace. You're just really showing that the doctrines of grace turn people into just jerks sometimes, maybe. Um, and B, it's like, you know, I had this epiphany too when I was looking at something uh, this Good Friday where I was looking at something that one of the early church fathers wrote and they wrote it because they took this time to meditate on the things that they really believed and understood. And maybe sometimes instead of you blasting people online, it's an opportunity to take that pause to say, what do I really believe and how do I really communicate that well? And how do I do that with gentleness and humbleness and humility? Yeah. So, yeah, just stuff like that are really good reminders uh, because all I hear sometimes is that, Jack, I I thank you for what you've shared with me about the doctrines of grace, but man, Calvinists and Reformed folks, they're just jerks. They'll just take a shotgun, load it up with some shots, and just start blasting. Do you want to be known for that, or do you want to be known for a person who's in it for the long game? with humility and gentleness and kindness as those tools to go forward. Some things to think about. So one great resource for you guys, other than obviously the 1689, things like that. But if you are wanting to kind of start those conversations uh, with friends, I I always recommend what is reform theology by RC Sproul. Fantastic book. Nobody does it better than Papa Sproul. Um, And it's not this super dense, heady, uh, conceptual theological slog, right? Um, no. It's a great overview. Sproul does a great job at, at just kind of laying out what Reformed theology is. I've handed it out to many people. It's a great resource, right? Um, mm-hmm. Again, we're not saying don't talk about it. You don't. Ch- yeah. You don't. You don't check your theology out at <laughs> at the door, right? Yeah. Reformed theology is like, like, dude, like 
I live reformed theology. I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> yeah. for it, right? And I want yeah. other people to know it. I preach it. I, I counsel with it. I podcast about it, right? But we got to know how to use it. Yeah. Right. How and, it's communicated. And how it's communicated, yeah. right? It's like you've got this mad, this sweet AR-15 that's just <laughs> top of the line killing machine. You got to know how to aim it, dude. You got to know how to work it. You got to know like how it works if it's going to be effective. Otherwise, you're going to be praying and spraying, baby. Oh, like, and it's you're yeah. not gonna it's it's not gonna do anything, right? Um, so yeah, not gonna be a good look. It's not gonna be a good look. No, and too many are. Too many are going all Rocky Balboa, or not Rocky Balboa, uh, Rambo, Rambo on yeah. our brothers and sisters, right? And uh, it's not good, not good peeps, all right? But yeah. flee the cage, flee the cage. That door opens. Open it up, check your pride, like just get it out, have a sip of water. Take a knee, Take a have knee. a sip of water, go touch the grass. Go touch the grass. Enjoy That's a nice right. walk feel outside. It, feel it between your toes. <laughs> Seriously. Take a trip to the beach, have some coffee, smoke a cigar, chill, chill. Yeah. All right, Jack, I think we've we've beaten that horse dead. Yes. Why don't you get us out of yeah. here, my guy? My friend, I think Big Eva has sung. She's sung. Big Eva has sung. So with that, Ooh. since Big Eva has sung... Mm-hmm. You, if you like our little talks, our little discussion, our little fireside chats, little about fireside flee- chats, yeah, dude. Look at, us. Hey, the- look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Great meme and great episode of Hot Ones. If you've not seen that, before. solid app. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, little fireside chats about how you can flee the cage stage. If you like to. If you like and appreciate and want more of these episodes, you can follow us on the sociables, if you will. The Instagram uh, goes well with chocolate and marshmallow. The Twitter mm. could be hostily taken over by Elon Musk at any point in history right now. I hope to any all that history. is good in this world that that happens, dude. I want to see what happens. Like, I just, oh, dude, that would be amazing. Also, the Facebook could be hostily taken over by anything's on the table. Any sociable <laughs> that I say is going to be hostily taken it over could by happen. Elon Musk in the next 48 hours possibly. He's just going to be buying but, everything. He's buying everything exactly. all up in here. But our tag at all of those sites is at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can support us further and maybe give us little little five star for five solas action. That's right. That's right. We would definitely appreciate some five stars for five solas. That's absolutely right. Uh, if you're on Apple or Spotify, you can rate this podcast. You can give us some five star action. We want to keep that 4.9. We don't want to slip down into the 4.8s because, you know, we know no some sir. podcasts that slip down to the 4.8s. <laughs> want to make sure that we're keeping that 4.9 right where it's at, right? Um, we're not the best, but you know, <laughs> we are right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good place yeah. to be, right? Um, so you can give us a like and review. Um, you can give us a little uh, little paragraph on what you like about the podcast. We appreciate it. We appreciate when you do that. We actually just got a uh, well. I actually read. I already read it. Um, somebody saying they liked our intro, and we appreciate you. I saw that. Appreciate you. Um, there's uh, we got a Patreon. Um, you can head on over there if you feel like it. If you appreciate Jacks and Jack and Eyes, is it Jacks and I or Jack and Eyes, or would it be Jack and My? 
Jack I and get confused. Maybe. I I yes. don't see I, that my grammar's thrown. Out. Anyway, if you appreciate our attempts to make the local church central to the life of the believer, and in this specific specific case, encouraging people to flee the cage, you can become a Patreon supporter, and for five dollars mm, a month, yeah. your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. <laughs> Dude. Hallowed. How long what? have we done this? <laughs> you were kind of lagging there a little bit on my end. So. Oh, oh, yeah. Blame it on the lag. Okay. Uh, hey, it blame like, it on the burp, internet. Burp. <laughs> You're kind of going roll robot. So, Same. all right. Fine. Whatever. Uh, Hallowed. That is right. Through the halls of Hallowed, this podcast. Sir. Head on over to reformatorypod.com. Check out the local church merch. Check out some reviews. Check out. You can catch up on the most recent up there. We're on all the socials at Reformatory Pod, as Jack said. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. <laughs> <laughs>